Great to have your company on this episode of LifeWords Q&A. We're looking forward to spending the next 20 minutes with you to discuss your questions. Good day, David. Good day, Andrew. David, uh, we've got three questions again. Uh, we'll be looking at, uh, I guess, church online. Also, uh, other questions include gambling and women preaching in church. Some good questions ahead. Okay, David, our first question. I love certain teaching I get via the internet. Is it okay to stay away from church and rely on this sort of teaching? It is much better than I get at my local church. We get a few of these questions, David. Well, I think... The internet, I've got to say, the internet does provide some great teaching. I must say, I, I can download some material from the internet and I, I've got access to wonderful, wonderful teaching and support. Some very gifted people now can have a much wider audience than what they once did. Um, now, you've got to be discerning. Um, as as we, I think we all know, there's a lot of rubbish on the internet. Um, hopefully not Q&A podcasts, but uh, there is a lot of rubbish around the place, a bit a lot of nonsense. Um, so, you, first of all, you've got to be discerning. Uh, I don't think you should just do a Google search on a topic and come up with the very first thing on the list and mm. accept it as gospel. Uh, I think you've got to be very discerning in terms of um, good, sound, uh, responsible, uh, respectful um, websites. Um now, however, I, I agree with your questioner. Um, the, the teaching that you get on the internet can be much better than you get at a local church. I mean, because not all local pastors are equally gifted. Um, you know, who was the local pastor to compare with some of the great ones that you hear about on the net? Now, previously, you might only have got their books um, a year or so after they were published. Now, you can get their sermons online. You can get live uh, videos of them and so on and so on. And so, of course, I'd say, of course, the teaching may be much better than what you get at your local church. But I think there's a fundamental problem that this questioner has got. And that is, I think he or she may have a wrong basic idea of the church. I I can hear behind or reading between the lines of this question that the questioner is thinking, I go to church in order to get good teaching. And I'd say, well, that's one reason you might go to church. But by golly, there's a whole lot of other reasons why you want to go to church, because church is more than hearing good teaching. If if Christianity is all about getting some really good biblical teaching and information about the faith and, and stimulus about the faith, well, yes, you can do a lot of that online. Um, but 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 the the online teacher can't provide counsel to you. They can't. They can't. They can't talk to you conversationally about the situation you're in. They possibly, can't provide, possibly for a fee. They could. Oh, they probably for a fee if you paid them enough. Yeah, um, and they can't provide practical support. Uh, there's no personal relationship with them. You see, uh, I'm stating the obvious here, but I need to restate it. The church is not just about receiving good teaching, but about service of others. It's about prayer. It's about corporate worship, mutual encouragement, exercising our gifts, reaching out to the community. So it's. If this questioner says, well, I can get better teaching on the internet, I'd say, well, mm, quite possible. But, but hey, there's more to Christian life than getting what we call good teaching. Quite often, sadly, too, what we think is good teaching is merely correct and orthodox information, when in fact, hey, good teaching is a lot more than that. Good teaching is that which stimulates you to follow Jesus yeah. um, more effectively. So I think there's a bit of a, 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 a misunderstanding about church. Can I stay away from church and rely on this sort of teaching? Well, only if you thought that getting... Uh, orthodox biblical information was the uh, sum total of uh, church, but it's not the sum total of church. So I think someone who just stares at their computer screen and thinks that's church is in a very sad situation indeed. 
we, we, yeah, it's a, it's a more holistic kind of thing than that, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, um, yeah. You've got, I, I think the best thing to do is um, get involved in your local church, however how local it is, is up to you, of course, but get involved in a church where there can be this practical support, encouragement, using of your gifts and um, so on and so on and so on. But, yes, yeah, supplement the teaching you get in the church um, on the internet. I'd I'd hate to think that anyone in a church that I was pastoring uh, purely and simply relied on me. Well, he's the only one who can teach me anything from the Bible. There's a lot of people who can teach a lot better from the Bible than what I can. So by all means, access that on the internet. It's a wonderful gift to us. But don't make that your church. I think online church is almost a contradiction in terms. It's okay for teaching. Uh, I agree with that. But there's a lot more to church than just getting Bible teaching. Thanks, David. You're listening to LifeWords Q&A with David Ray. Hi, I'm Andrew Morris, and you can download all our episodes, all 16, from hope1032.com.au. Just search for LifeWords Q&A or go to iTunes, the iTunes store, and search for Hope Media Limited, and you can subscribe to the podcast and get it each week when you open your iTunes or sync it with your iPad or iPhone. Our next question, David, is uh, one that continues to be a a topic on uh, many people's minds, and it's this. Women aren't allowed to speak or even lead in our church services. Isn't this uh, a bit extreme? Yeah, this is contentious, isn't it? Now, in the interest of frankness and stating opinions right up front, I think it is extreme. So there we go. Many people have crossed me off their prayer list or added me to their prayer list, depending on your view. Um, I think such a view is extreme, even though it's sincerely held and argued from Scripture. I know and respect people who hold that view, and uh, in no way do I want to break fellowship with them. But my view is that I think that view is rather extreme. And without going into all the ins and outs of, of, of the issue, Andrew, I think it very much comes back to how we interpret Scripture, how literally we interpret certain Scripture. There are a couple of verses which indicate women should be silent in church. There's no doubt about that. It says that. It's there in black and white. Now, some do take this literally in the sense of, right, this is true for all times. But some people would, would would see it as more related to certain social and cultural situations at the time the Bible was written. So they would argue, and, and this is where I think I, I would argue, it's no longer strictly applicable today. For example, uh, we could argue that women were being disruptive in a particular situation that was being addressed. So in that situation, They were commanded to be silent. It was very appropriate for that particular situation. But in other situations, um, it need not be. The principle that was being laid down was orderliness and godliness and mutual respect within the church. And in that particular historical and cultural context, women were to be silent. And there may well be in certain situations in our day that that women should be silent or that children should be silent or whatever, whatever. But some would see such verses as as saying that women should be silent as being applicable for all time. Mm. It's it's based on creation. It's based on the status of men and women um, in creation. Others, and I I include myself amongst the others, don't quite see it that way. And besides, we see when men and women were created, they were created as um, um, helpmeets and, as as it were, co-equals, even though, of course, they have different functions, both in society and the church. You see, in another issue with taking the verses literally, and this is a problem that all Christians have, whatever view they have on the women's issue, is that there are other texts that seem to allow women to speak. 
uh, women can prophesy and and so on. So it's not straightforward. Um, some- even, even down to terminology, isn't it? I mean, uh, there's been ongoing discussions here in Australia about the words teaching and preaching and getting down to the specifics, which I, I, I know this is not a point. It just seems to be getting bogged down in, in a situation where we pick and choose sometimes what we want to believe it's culturally, culturally relevant today. Oh, yes, yes. Look, there is a lot of debate, and the last thing I would want to say is, uh, even though I, I, I think women should be allowed to speak and lead in our church services, uh, I would in no way want to say it's a simple, straightforward matter, and if you're in any way a true Christian and a student of the Bible, you'd all agree with me. No, 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 no. There are so many wonderful, fine Christians and biblical scholars who are not anti-women at all, who would hold the view that women should be silent in church because they genuinely do believe that's what the Bible teaches. I genuinely believe that the Bible doesn't so teach. And I personally, I'd find it very hard to be part of a church which thought along the lines that women weren't allowed to speak or even lead in church services. I'd find it hard to be part of that church. Mm. But but I would not thereby say you are not Christians or that somehow or other God is displeased with you. I would not say I've got a somehow a morally or ethically better view of the Bible than you. I would just simply say I differ and I I think the problems can come not only that perhaps we are restricting the ministry of very gifted women, and I've been blessed by so many gifted women teachers, I find it hard to think that women should not um, teach men, um, but I think the problem can come when we start defining our adherence to the Bible and to Christianity in these terms. If you agree with women speaking or leading in mixed congregations, well then you are unbiblical. No, 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 no. You are actually just seeing the Bible a different way. I think once we start making this a marker or a boundary to define those who take the Bible seriously and those who don't, I think we're in great danger because I can, it's not much point doing it in this this, um, situation, but I can point you to dozens and dozens of fine evangelical biblical scholars who are very supportive of women having the broadest possible ministry in church. But then again, I can point you to other fine scholars who would want to restrict them. So when you've got fine, godly men and women uh, disagreeing on this subject, I would be very wary of defining it as some sort of uh, litmus test of whether or not you were a Christian or not. So we're not going to call that a deal breaker, David. No, we're not going to call it a deal breaker, (laughs) even though it creates strong passions and there's a lot of debate. I honestly do believe that while there is debate, uh, I think uh, that that, that we are not to be um, uh, accusing people um, or judging other people who hold a different view. The sad thing is, Andrew, is that if there there are some churches where women uh, are silenced and those women sadly find they have to leave a church um, in order to exercise ministry and I think um, it's okay for me as a man who teaches and preaches in public without restriction uh, to say well look it's not a real gospel issue it's not something we can divide over but uh, that's not to say we don't recognize the seriousness and the heartache it causes uh, some women I'm not saying the people who want to restrict women are, uh, are deliberately trying to do that in no way I believe are they trying to do that but sadly that can be the consequence so yes that's why it does still cause some ructions within the church I think there's a lot of hurt amongst women uh, who are restricted in that particular way Um, even as I recognise that those who might want to restrict women uh, are acting out of the best and godly motives 
You're listening to LifeWords Q&A. Thanks, David. Uh, you can email us your questions. I'm sure you've got one on the tip of your tongue. You can email us, lifewords at hopemedia.com.au. It's lifewords at hopemedia.com.au. Our final question for today, and I, I guess we are surrounded in gambling these days, David. Online betting, football, you can bet on absolutely anything these days. The questioner asks, is gambling, uh, is, is all gambling wrong? What about Melbourne Cup sweeps and raffles? Yeah, um, it reminds me of an old story that I, I, I believe is true. The, old, the, the great Australian novelist Patrick White who used to go to church when he was a young man um, but decided to leave the church after his rector of his church told him that it was sinful to guess the number of jelly beans in a jar at a, at, at, at a fate. And um, Patrick White thought, well, if that's what Christianity is about, well, uh, that's enough for me sort of thing. Um, whether that's true or not, it does highlight... Um, um, some of the, I think, the legalism that is surrounding this issue. Look, gambling can be seen to be wrong because it allows us to gain something that's not a result of our legitimate labours. That's how that, that, that's what was often taught me. Um, I, I, I don't really find that very compelling. Um, I respect the fact that others do, but I think sometimes we do have get money and get wealth, get possessions, and it's not a direct result of our legitimate labours. Uh, but I, I, I don't think that's the issue. Gambling is getting something for nothing. I think it's okay to get something for nothing at times. But, but I think the real problem with gambling is that if it is addictive, it leads to poor stewardship of money, it looks to luck and fortune to shape our lives, and it's a failure to trust God and often an expression of greed. I think the problem with gambling is that it can express, or some sort of gambling, uh, is that it expresses greed, such greed and discontent. It surrenders to luck and fortune, and it leads inevitably to very, very poor stewardship, the horror stories of people neglecting their families and so on and going broke because of their gambling addictions. But look... Having, having agreed that the gambling addiction we've got around us is appalling and, and, and it leads to all sorts of terrible consequences, but I find it, for one, I find that a bit of a jump uh, to go from that to um, some child selling me a raffle ticket uh, to raise some money to buy more computers for their school or something or, or in a workplace saying, hey, do you want to be part of a sweep? Um, uh, true confession time, I've always been part of Melbourne Cup sweeps. True confession time, I've never won anything in them, um, which may be God's judgment on me. Uh, I, if everyone offers to sell me a raffle ticket, I'll buy one if I think it's a worthy cause. Uh, a sweep, yes, I go in it because I honestly don't really see that that's the problem. I can assure you when I buy a sweep ticket or a raffle ticket, I'm not expressing an addiction. I'm not expressing a lack of faith in God to provide for my needs, and nor am I being greedy. I simply want to support people who are having a raffle or have a bit of fun, to be perfectly honest, in buying something in a, or, or buying a sweep ticket um, when a Melbourne Cup comes around. Look, in, in, in saying that, and there's no way I'm denying the fact that gambling is a terrible social problem and an evil. My issue is whether a sweep or a raffle is really gambling at all. Uh, maybe I think we're, we're, we're being... Uh, a little bit legalistic in linking them all together. Is it any more gambling than um, what I'm doing when I invest in the share market or anything mm. like that, for example? Um, but I do respect the fact that some say, look, it's a thin end of a wedge. 
It's a bit like the drinking issue and so on. You know, so, so, in, so, in term, so in terms of David, um, gambling has become one of those things that we do learn very quickly when we become Christians is uh, uh, the church has an opinion on or we, we believe Scripture has an opinion on. Where does that come from in Scripture? Is it, uh, is it to do with the idea of greed? Is, or, or, I think so, Andrew. I think that's what part of the, what I was touching on, I think, in the answer to the question is that I don't know whether there's a very clear biblical text, as it were, to say thou shalt not gamble. Mm. Uh, I think what we look at, and quite rightly, is the consequences of addictive gambling, which is poor stewardship of money. The Bible says we should be good stewards of money. Yeah. Is throwing all the money down the pokies um, good stewardship? No. Uh, the Bible says we ought not to have a love of money, a greed for money. Well, if gambling, as it often does, express that greed, well, then uh, we've got a problem. And and if, if, if I am so addicted to gambling, I could be addicted to anything, of course, but if I'm so addicted to gambling or computer games or whatever, whatever, then that has got something that's got control over me and the Bible speaks against that. So the Bible speaks against a whole lot of things that are related to gambling, yeah. but I don't think the Bible actually says, I think if you looked up a concordance, I don't know, I, I may be corrected on this, but I don't think it's a, there's a case of saying, thou shalt not gamble, but thou shalt avoid certain things which are related to gambling. And I think that that's, that's where we get our caution against gambling and why many, many Christians quite rightly speak out against the gambling culture. I think that's absolutely right. You don't need a biblical proof text for that. Yeah. But I go back to my earlier point, um, buying a sweep ticket or buying a raffle ticket, I don't think quite conforms uh, to those biblical warnings. You've been listening to LifeWords Q&A. David, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts uh, this uh, this episode. If you want to listen to previous episodes, please join us in the iTunes store and search for Hope Media Limited or come and visit our website, hope1032.com.au and look for LifeWords Q&A. David, thanks again for joining us this Thank week. Thank you, Andrew. Good to be here.